0: so thank you jesus thank you father for your love. thank you for your love thank you for loving us for cherishing us for loving us so much that you are willing to die and give up everything today as i share with my friends and family lessons from this life that you've given me lord i thank you for the journey that i've taken and that i continue to take i ask that you open the eyes of the understanding of everyone who's going to watch this today and later that lord they will come into a time of living a life of significance life in all its fullness to the glory and honor of your name in Jesus name amen all right thank you all for your nice and lovely comments and compliments in the next few videos i'm going to make sure i'm looking nice it's birthday month and so i'm going to make sure that i am uh, i am representing jesus so here is the thing um in john 10:10 10, 10, john the john john the apostle john writes and says that Um, The thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then this is Jesus who says, I have come that you may have life, and life in all its fullness. Here's the thing, guys. If you're living a life that feels empty, that feels insignificant, that feels, ah, there are no words for it. That's not the life that God intended you to live. When Jesus came and gave us salvation, which is sozo, which is An abundant life he did not come so that we can exist that you know we have a victory in this area of our lives but the other one is falling apart that we have a life which is just enough no he came to give us an abundant life and for me I struggled for so many years being a Christian and pretending to be living an abundant life, pretending, but you see, you can't pretend, but you can't pretend with yourself. You can't lie to yourself. When I would be alone, I knew that there was something missing. I knew the scriptures. I I had a great relationship with Jesus, at least as far as what I knew. I was growing, but there was just gaps, you know, a gap in my life where I felt like, There's more. There's more to life. And there's still more. I've not arrived. My friend, there's more. Another day, I stopped thinking there's more. It's time to go home, to be with the Lord. But there's still more. But in the moreness now, there is not a dissatisfaction concerning life. There's, there's, There's a sense of fullness. There's a sense of contentment. And yet there's a sense of there's more to be done. There's more to get out of life. And that's the gift I want to give to you you know this this birthday month of mine i want to i even wanted to do like daily teachings but i'm like okay take it easy we will be together every monday here is the thing it is possible for each it is not just possible it's available and it was paid for by jesus that each one of us lives a life of significance and i want to tell you about how for me i came from a place of confusion this is the thing i i was around people who knew exactly what they wanted including my husband from the day i met the man he had a special he had a vision for his life you know people tell you their vision their purpose i had nothing I had nothing so I would pretend I would would forge and I was in spaces where they would even tell you everyone write your vision so I just come up with stuff but then you know you look at it after and it's not your vision like you can't even be excited because it's like you've written a thing outside of yourself to just maybe say so that people don't think that something is wrong with you so that's how I was and yet I was a believer I was praying in tongues I read my bible I memorized scripture I did the deeds But there was something in my life that was off. So this whole month, I'll be sharing a lesson after another, maybe five to seven lessons on things that have helped me, significantly moved me from a place of dissatisfaction, a place of frustration. You know, when you know that there's more to your life, but you don't even know what it is, and so you do the stuff. And the last month, we've been talking about how it's not about what we do. Our deeds should be the responses to the grace of God. Our the things we do should be not to make God, you know, Give us a life of its fullness is that to be aware that a full life is available to you it is available and it is available for you to take it's available for the taking it's not for a special few it's for all of God's children so you might my sister my brother each one of you each one of us have both the access okay The access and the capacity to live life in its fullness. And it will look different for all of us. But here is the thing. Your life is your life. When Jesus came, he came with his manifesto. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do ABCD. He said what he was here for. When, When you talk to Jeremiah, he was here for a specific purpose. He was a prophet to the nations. When you spoke to David, he was going to be a king. So, everyone has a different Esther. Was this queen who was going to end up being a deliverer of Israel by first coming into you know this place as this car, sweet girl who was going to be the queen, a replacement? She came in as a replacement. So, it, it doesn't matter what form it takes, not all of us have the same path, but all of us are supposed to be having life in its fullness life in its fullness was bought for by jesus and he paid a hefty price for us to then not be living a life of significance what is a life of significance let me check what the dictionary says about the word significance because um and then i'll tell you what what i i, I define it as significance meaning sufficiently great or important to be worthy of attention to be noteworthy, having a particular meaning indicative of something notable available let me see this is significance significant I want significance significance the quality of being worthy of attention or importance the meaning to be found in words or events can someone tell me what some of the words when you say the word significance a life of significance what comes to your mind What comes to your mind when I say living a life of significance? Not a a successful life. Success is is relative. But a life of significance. I'm going to wait for some people to give me um, a definition. meaningful life yes solome a meaningful life Doka says a a life of importance leila says an impactful life yes impact dennis also says impact significance meaningful Uh uh-huh yes impactful i love that that they are quite similar yeah a life a life that is meaningful a life that is impactful uh Kezia says legacy absolutely a life of meaning A life of impact again. Impact has come up a lot. Living a meaningful life. I agree with you guys actually. A life of significance is a life beyond yourself. A life that sort of outlives you. Do you understand? A life that outlives you. Because when you talk about impact, impact is beyond yourself. Success is very selfish. Success is about how far you go. But significance is about living a life that then impacts how others' lives become. When you think of people who have lived a life of significance, people of notability, they are people who have given of their lives, including Jesus Christ. That The way to to sort of live a life of significance is actually a life of meaning. And here's the thing, you alone know what a life of meaning looks like for you. The, 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 The definition of significance for me and your definition of significance are going to be very different if you've not listened to my teachings on you have value i'm begging you go and listen to them they are very powerful they've also impacted me you have value It's a four-part teaching it's available on my youtube channel but also here and 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 i think that it, it sort of touches on the foundations of a life of significance but today i'm going to talk about the first thing that i think is the first cornerstone to living a life of significance and i think that the first building block living a life beyond yourself living a life that is not selfish or self-centered is taking full responsibility for your life here is the thing people one of the most difficult things to do is to take full responsibility for our lives because that comes with you have to give up blaming anyone else for where you are in life and and i tell you what i was one of those people who without even knowing it i blamed so much in life for where i was in life apart from myself i could not take responsibility and you see if you don't take responsibility for your life then you how are you going to be responsible Do you understand how are you going to grow how are you going to make impact when jesus comes uh, on the scene you never see him blaming the Pharisees for a lack of progress blaming the system he lived in a very difficult system but he took full responsibility for his life he said he came to the will of his father he put himself in spaces that looked dangerous but he was clear on why he was here taking responsibility for our lives is going to take different shapes but today i want to talk about let me tell you a story from my life let's start there um For the longest time, and I feel like you guys have heard my story so many times, but you'll be fine. (laughs) For the longest time, I saw myself as an orphan, period. You know, 20-something years old, and still, I I lost my parents when I was really young. I grew up, you know, in, in, in a loving home, but it was imperfect, like any home will be. But you see, when you carry an orphan spirit, when something is done to you, you take it even more painfully than if it was done to a person who doesn't have an orphan spirit. If you have a child who doesn't believe you love them, when you correct them, the correction is not just taken as correction. It is more harsh. Yes, it was it was it was an it was an, what can I say? It was an, an imperfect home, like every home, right? And there was pain. There was a lot of pain growing up. There are many things I did not get growing up but you know what I started to look at my life through the lenses of someone else who was responsible for where I was had I had a loving father who told me ABCD I would be somewhere in life had I had more opportunities had I had someone who believed in me had I been allowed to do ABCD had I had I had I here is the thing jesus died that you may have a life in its fullness and he was aware that you would have the circumstances that you have had god is not shocked by where you grew up god is not shocked by the color of your skin god is not shocked by the opportunities or lack thereof that you have had but you see the 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 life that he came to give you transcends all these things but we've been talking about a life of faith and here is the thing a life of faith responds to what god has provided A life of faith is a life that takes responsibility for where I am. A life of faith is more aware of supply than demand. A life of faith is more aware of abundance than lack. And so you then have to start saying, what do I have working for me? Because beyond the age of 18, 21, okay, to be very fair, beyond the age of 21, you can no longer hold anyone accountable for where you are in life. You can't. And I'm talking deep, painful experiences. Some of you have gone through abuse, but you've stayed stuck there. You're still at five years of age when somebody abused you. And I may not sound very nice to you, but I'm telling you because I hate what the enemy has done to us. That is what has happened to me is that I looked at the abuse I suffered. I looked at the pain that I went through, and then I got stuck there. And I did not move. When I saw myself, I saw myself as a victim. You are not a victim. You are a powerful person created in the image of God with immense possibilities ahead of you. But what the enemy wants to do to you is make you see yourself as a victim. Look at the giants in the Bible. Esther saw herself, she didn't see herself as a queen. She saw herself as an orphan girl who was in the palace and who was disadvantaged. And what if I come before the king? This is the thing about when you don't take responsibility for your life, you become selfish and self-centered. You cannot hold both a life of significance and a life of selfishness together in your hands. You cannot. You cannot. You have to be willing to stop looking at your pain. Stop looking at what was done to you or not done to you or for you. And say, what has God done for me? Because guess what? When it comes to a life in Jesus Christ, it's a plain level field. It's a playing field. We all play. It doesn't matter if someone is in the USA or they're in Uganda or they're in, I don't know, Chitichifumba. I don't care what the name of your village is. At the end of that day, it is how you see yourself. If you see yourself as a victim, you will never be elevated beyond the, what you, how you see yourself. What does God deal with every single time he shows up with these people we see in the Bible? He comes at them and what, he finds Gideon hiding in the winepress. Hiding. And he says, mighty man of valor he calls him the real name of who he is and tells him to arise to this position of a mighty man of valor now Gideon has a decision to stay in fear and hiding or to embrace who God has said he is here is the thing you can embrace who God says you are or you can remain defining yourself to at the limitations of your ancestry where you were born, what you suffered, the imperfections in your family, how you had a father who had seven wives, and how you were in the family which was least taken care of, and now all men are terrible, and then you can stay there, or you can choose to see yourself as redeemed, precious in the sight of God, a beloved son or daughter of the living God, and start to identify yourself according to the fullness of God. Because here is the thing. I put up a scripture, it's in 2 Corinthians 2, 4. And and it says that it is required of stewards that we and be, be found faithful. Let me read it in its entirety. 2 Corinthians 4:2. I am I'm teaching good, you guys. 2 Corinthians 4 2. Mm, no, it's 1 Corinthians 4 2. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go and, and correct that. And it says, let a man from verse 1 so consider us as, as servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of god moreover it is required in stewards that one be found faithful now if you go to matthew 25 you read the the story of the of the stewards you know the parable of the stewards what god considers faithfulness is the ability to multiply what you have i will say what i've always said to you god is not asking you to be faithful with what you don't have here is the thing the experiences that you've had painful as they are you can turn them around one of the things that I suffered was rejection so much rejection that I identified myself as a rejected person and as a victim but when I saw that the enemy was using that to keep me bound when my eyes were switched on you guys I woke up and said and this was in you know for many years it's a process but I remember in 2014 I went to India with my husband and we had gone because he had been having palpitations that got worse and worse and worse, heart palpitations. So we went to India and when we got there, they found nothing was wrong with his heart. But you see, I'd always had an issue with my stomach. And he said, why don't we do a full body check since you're here? We have all the money, we've not spent, they refunded all our money. So we went in and did a full body check and this doctor said, hey, your gallbladder is about to explode. I was, I, I, and you know what, what happened? When they tell me my gallbladder is about to explode, I had to go for an emergency operation. So the patient went with visas. I was the attendant and he was the patient coming back. I was the patient and he was the, I had had a major surgery to take out my gallbladder. And when they got in, they said that when they, what they found was much worse. According to them, what they saw, how the skin around the gallbladder was so thin and about to explode. They said that in 24 hours, they believed what they found was that it was going to explode. Poison would have spread through my body and I was going to die before my 30th birthday. And I remember I came back the day before my birthday. And when we were coming back on that plane, as we came back here, I told myself, enough. I cannot continue to live a life of fear. Fear had plagued my life. Fear had made me this person who was afraid. I was afraid of, of what people, and I was so concerned with people's opinions of me. I wanted people to think a certain way of me. What will my relatives? So there are things I did not do because I said, my relatives will think this of me. Why have you entered people's heads and decided what they will think of you? And who cares anyway? At the end of the day, everyone is living their life. People are living their lives. No one is living your life for you. You have one life to live. I Came back and said, From today, I'm divorcing with fear. I'm going to take responsibility for my life. I'll be able to say that I'm staying at this job because I've chosen to stay there. Let me tell you something nobody can make you do anything. The one gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, part of it. Part of the fruit of the spirit is self-control, not other control. Stop trying to control people. Saying if my husband could say this to me, if I was married, if I had a better job, if my skin color was different, if I was younger, if I was older. If only, stop the if onlys. God came to give you life in its fullness. Jesus paid for your life. Take it. No one can take it for you, friends. I'm so passionate about this. I want to like get out of this screen and look you in the eye. I am fed up of seeing children of God who see themselves as victims. Heirs who see themselves as victims. Heirs who see themselves as disadvantaged. And as long as that's what you see, that will be your limitation. You cannot move beyond what you see, child of God. You are not a victim. Even in this time of COVID-19, people, there are opportunities right now. But you're seeing, if you see yourself as a victim, you cannot take on what the air will take on. You can't. You have to let go of that pain. You have to let go of the right to be angry. You have to let go of the right to be right. You have to let go of that unforgiveness in your heart. Look, the thing with unforgiveness is it keeps you bound and you have the key. You're in a prison locked in with a key. You're the one who has the key inside, you're the one who can open that prison. The other person moves on with their life. You carry poison in your heart. Unforgiveness blocks you from walking in the fullness of God. You have to be able to say, You know what? I'm taking my life back. I came back in 2014 and said, No more. Did the fear go? It had to go. Do you know why? Every time I was faced with a decision and I chose not to. Do something. I had to take responsibility and say, I've made a choice not to take that opportunity. I cannot blame my husband. I cannot blame my children. I cannot blame my skin color. I cannot blame anyone for it. You have to take responsibility for your life. Take responsibility. You are not a victim. And it doesn't matter what was done to you, that is in the past, friends. Move into the future. Move into the future. God doesn't say, God doesn't say that I alone know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you in your past. Here's the thing about the past, friends. The powerlessness of the past, oh, child of God, (laughs) is that you can do nothing about it. You can't go back and make your parents be alive. You can't go back and undo the abuse that was done to you. You can't go back and, and, and do you can't. It makes you static and stuck because the past, the enemy keeps you in the past because he knows that there he has you. You're stuck. You can't go back and undo the decision you made. You can't go back and unproduce the child you produced. You can't go back and unmarry the person you married. You can't go back and undo the conversation you had. You can't the past that's the thing about the past you can't go back in the past and change the thing so get out of the past stop living in your past you can't undo what has happened but you have the power to change the future you have the power to change the future that devil knows it and that's why he's there binding you keeping you bound keeping you thinking you're a victim keeping you thinking you have no power you have so much power you have so much power open your eyes See what Jesus has done for you. Understand that you have opportunities. Understand that you're a child of God. The past, you can do nothing about the past. Absolutely nothing. Get out of it. Let it go. And it's painful, I know. Because you see, when you've become so used to your dysfunction, here is the thing: God comes to the (laughs) God comes to a man in Luke 5 who had been at a pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And asks him a strange question. This man was paralyzed. Jesus comes to a paralyzed man and says, Do you want to get well? I'm sorry? Do I want to get well? Yes. Because you see, you have a choice. You can choose to stay bound. You can, And I'm saying choice. I know it sounds like it's not fair. But it's the truth, child of God. You can choose to stay bound. You can choose to stay in unforgiveness. You can choose to stay in pain. You can choose to stay bitter. You can choose to stay small. God is asking you a question today. Do you want to be made well? That decision hangs with you. Do you know why? Jesus is both willing and able. And he has gone the whole nine yards and given you full deliverance. But you can choose to be delivered and stay bound. And say, I don't want. Do you know why? Because you get so used to having pity. You get so used to having, oh, child of God. If you knew the power you have, if you knew the people you're going to set free. And you know what? I did not just come back saying, I am going to come back and take my life back. I was like, devil, every child you have held, of God you have held back with lies and deceptions about their past, getting them stuck there, fear, unforgiveness, blaming others for their lack of progress. I'm going to preach the gospel of identity until I have every child of God unbound. And that's why right now, those are the classes I run. The classes I run are to help people find themselves, get out of thinking that somebody else has that choice on your behalf. You have self-control. You can't control anyone else, but you can control yourself. Child of God, do you want to get well? How long are you going to stay bound? How long are you going to have that identity that you've held on to? How long are you going to call yourself an addict? How long are you going to say, I found myself doing? How long? Get out, get up, child of God. The enemy knows that you have power. The enemy knows that you are a mighty man, mighty woman of valor. The enemy knows and he knows that if your eyes get open to this, he's in trouble. Because guess what? The very thing he thought he was going to use to bind you, you will get and you will use to destroy his kingdom. Because that power that you have right now to forgive, you will help so many people to forgive. There are things that only you have gone through. And the enemy thought he was using them to kill you. But he's in trouble because then you get out and say right now I'm going to help every sister or brother of my in the kingdom of god and even beyond who has not yet found their freedom to find it and then you tell your story and it has a power here is the thing i see rejection from a distance i see people who think so little of themselves from a distance the problem is that guys everyone can think so highly of you but if you think so little of yourself you cannot move beyond it your self limiting belief. People believed in me. People told me, oh, be three, or you preach well, or you've helped me do this, or you've. Those things are nice and they help me, they fuel me, but let me tell you right now. The fuel I need is I look myself in the mirror and say, you are blessed. You are highly favored. You are limitless. There is nothing impossible with you because you believe in God. You're a child of the living God. You're highly favored. Doors open for you. When you open your mouth, you set people free, men and women alike. That is who I am. And the enemy who thought he would keep me bound in my past, looking back, looking back, he is finished because you know what? The plans God has for me are in my future. I have to get out of my past to walk into my future. You can't do nothing about the past thank you marley a thief cannot attack an empty house the enemy comes in to attack you because he has seen he hasn't seen properly but he has a glimpse think about it every time a significant child was born the enemy killed all the children in israel do you know why he did not know who it was he killed everyone in the time of jesus all the first were killed boys He killed all the children when Moses was born. He's trying to destroy you, but understand that that thing that is causing destruction is not from God. It is the enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but Jesus came that you may have a life in its fullness. Child of God, you are not a victim. Take responsibility for your life. Take it. Let me read for you this story in John 5. I love it. A man healed at the pool of Bethesda. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. John 5. Now there is in Jerusalem by the ship get a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind people, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Some of you have been waiting for something significant to happen so that you get out of, you know, being stuck in your life. Oh, but what needs to happen is an unlocking in your mind. They they were here for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there they don't even tell us his name he's identified by his incapacity a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years guys i had been stuck in my life for 20 something years and let me tell you i looked like i was making progress you can look to the rest of the world that you're making progress but in your heart you know the capacity you have against where you are in life and right now that fear in your heart you know who's going to take responsibility for it you how do you take responsibility do the thing you're scared of doing in the name of jesus you are blessed you have the whole of heaven rooting for you. Even if you make a mistake, he makes it work together for your good. Now, a certain man who had had an infirmity, 38 years. How long have you had that thing that you've held on to? Called yourself by that name. Identified yourself by that problem. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been in that condition a long time. Listen to Jesus' solution. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Can you imagine that when jesus sees you right now in your condition in the place where you've been for all these years in the pain that you've been in for all these years you say i can't do this because of this i can't do this because no because you choose not to do it jesus asks you today child of god do you want to be made well do you want a better life because it's available But you have to take it by the horns. Don't wait to be like me being given a second chance at life. Being awakened to realize, oh my God, I could be dead right now. And what am I doing with my life? Worrying about opinions of people. Worrying about opinions of people who don't even care. Who are not even watching you. You know, worrying about, you know, how I'll be perceived. Worrying about how I'm insignificant. Thinking about my past and how it doesn't work. Look, Jesus asks, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool. Excuses, stories. Stories (laughs) Stories <laughs> and you know, I lived this life. So I know it by while I'm coming up another steps down. Jesus said to him rise up Pick up your bed and walk Jesus did not address those stories that he gave him you see b3 right now what's happening? He's like hey, 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 don't tell me a story of why you reasons why you've not do you ever you a question Do you want to be made Well, yes or no? He says now if you do get up do something get up He had to make a decision to stand up Then pick up the very thing that has held you captive. Pick it up. For me, it was rejection. It was the the desire to be loved by people. And I still have residues, but they are dying. The desire to be loved and approved of by other human beings. Often spirit. You want people to approve of you. That's how I was. Get up. Pick up your bed and walk. Child of God, take up your bed and walk. Take up the thing that has held you bound and walk. Why? Generations await. Generations await. Your entire family is waiting on you to pick up your bed and walk. Why? You are put on this earth for a purpose that is so specific to you, the enemy knows it and he wants you distracted. Get up. Pick up your bed and walk, child of God. Get up. Pick up your bed and Get up. Pick up your bed and walk. Pick up your bed and walk. Pick up your bed and walk. Some of you watching me, you've been stuck because you had a child before you're married and you've decided that you can't even live your life because of this child. You've decided that your opportunities for marriage have reduced because of this child. Stop it. Stop limiting God. Stop it. That child is a blessing from God. First of all, you need to go home, lay your hands on that child and say you are a a blessing from the Lord. And now say, Father, regardless of every mistake I've made, you treat me the way you treat Jesus Christ. So, open your eyes. Start dreaming again. If you Want to be married, dream of marriage. If you want to, or oh, whatever, start dreaming. Some of you are stuck home right now with gifts. Let me tell you something there's that time I taught here about seeing value in yourself. A young woman, one who plated this hair of mine, had been home because of COVID, broke, waiting for the Lord to do something, looking at herself as someone who now was disadvantaged because saloons were closed. After the teaching, I love that she picked up her bed and walked. She picked up her bed. How did she do it? (laughs) She put up an advertisement out there. Right now, she's overwhelmed by opportunities. Pick up your bed and walk. What do you have? What has kept you bound? Is it a bad marriage? You're defining yourself by the bad marriage. You can't do this. You can't do the other because you're feeling bad about what is happening. Get up. Pick up your bed and walk. Yes, that is love right there. Love is not me. And we now have a church where we soothe bad man. We soothe these demons. Someone is there feeling sorry for themselves. And what they want me to do is go and sit with them and cry. No, we cry for exactly five minutes. After that, we say, now how do we get up and walk? How do we slap the enemy? You see, the enemy doesn't know what you're thinking until you speak or until you act. Confuse him praise the lord give thanks start finding out what god what is working in your life one time one of you is watching me came to me and told me the problems they were having in their life and i say to them what one what good things are happening can we focus on what god is doing can we stop glorifying the enemy and i may sound like i'm i'm not very i don't know what the word is but guys we can't be here massaging the devil no he wants you down your enemy wants you down he wants to keep you down he wants you to keep you focused on what's not working in your life he wants you to feel that you're a victim of circumstance he wants you to focus on the things that are not working i'm here to tell you you know if you're going to live a life of significance you're going to be very very you refuse you refuse you ask my friends i can't step down for long i wake up and say no what am i doing no i used to be here depressed in my house for two weeks a month Curtains closed. No one knows. I get out on Sunday, preach, go back into depression. Do you know that depression actually eh, is a choice? Mama, tell me when I touch that one. Oh, mental health. I know depression. I have lived with it. It has been in my home. It still comes and knocks on my door from day to day. But I've learned what to do. I get up. And I start encouraging people while I'm feeling depressed. And I start loving on people while I'm still feeling bad. And you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. I pray in tongues. And am I perfect? No, there are days I've allowed it to continue for two, three days. But I get up. I get up. A righteous man may fall seven times. I'm not saying we're going to be perfect. There'll be days when you've allowed, you allow yourself to go back and, and, and call yourself those names. But get up, child of God. Child of God. Generations await. Lives are waiting for you to get up, pick up that bed and walk. It is required of you that you be found faithful. Do you want to be made well? What lies have you allowed to be true? What lies have you allowed to define yourself by? What limitations have you allowed to be the defining forces of your life? Open your eyes and see the abundances of God towards you. Open your eyes and see the opportunities of God towards you. Don't wait to feel it. Speak it. Decree it. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I beg you get out of the past. In the past is powerlessness. Even victories from the past are powerless. Because you know what? Your last victory, God says that you move from glory to glory. Your path shines brighter and brighter. So get out of the past. Move into the future that God has for you. Why? Jesus paid the hefty price. That we may have a life of significance, a life of imp- a love, a life that is meaningful. And let me tell you, a meaningful life is not a life lived in the past. If you're focused on the past, then you need to be going to heaven, because you should be looking at the future. The future ahead is bright. I don't know what you've been through, I don't know what pain you've been through, but the years ahead are wonderful. God has good plans for you, but He needs your partnership. He needs you to get up, pick up that mat, and walk. The enemy wants you bound. He came that he may destroy you. He may steal from you. But Jesus came that you may have life in its fullness. Child of God, join me this birthday month. And let us kick the enemy in his, I don't know, the most painful place. And that is by picking up the weapons of our warfare. They are not cannibal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. First of all, get knowledgeable about who you are in Christ Jesus. And start acknowledging it. And refuse to start, stop talking about those people in your life who hurt you. Stop it. I know it's hard because that was my KB. Everywhere I went, talked about the poor hurt me. I stopped. In fact, now I bless them. I bless them. I'm a blessing to them. Some of you need to go and send some messages to some people. Not telling them I forgive you, but just start loving on them. Send them mobile money. The one who cheated you. Some of you, there's a business deal that went wrong and you've been stuck on it for three years. You can't do business because a business deal went wrong and a friend broke your heart. Get up! The enemy knows that you're going to be significant in the business world. He wants you to stay there feeling sorry for yourself. Get up and walk. Do you want to be made well? Get up. Start a new venture. Invest more than you've ever invested before. Find another person and partner with them. Whatever you do, do not respond to fear. Fear is a force of the enemy. Actually, fear is the umbilical cord of hell. That's how you connect to the devil, through fear. So refuse fear. I want you to have that bad picture. Connect with God through faith. Find out what God has done and connecting it through faith. Next week, I'll be getting into another lesson. I told you this whole month, let's talk about living a life of significance. I'll share with you stories from my life. Do not respond to fear. It's the umbilical cord of hell. Child of God, take responsibility for your life. Choose what the future is going to look like and then walk into it. You have the power to create the life that God, to partner with God, to create the life that God created for you to walk in. Do you want to be made well? You are loved. You are deeply loved. You are cherished by God. It breaks his heart. When you embrace a life of no significance, it is in your power to live a life of significance, but you cannot hold both the past and the future in your hands. You can't. You can't. So break fellowship with the enemy. Break fellowship with the enemy. Break fellowship with complaining about other people, talking about what they did in your life, and walk into the future that God died that you may have in its fullness. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to seeing you next week on my birthday on Monday. Monday will be my birthday and I'll continue sharing from my life the things that have completely turned it around. From being a person who was a victim with a victim mentality to living a life that right now I really feel I like to live my life. I like to live my life. Please share this with a friend, family. Let's spread the good news of the gospel. You'll also find it at the end of this week it will be on my youtube channel please go there and subscribe <sighs> friends let's live the lives that jesus paid dearly for us to live love you all thank you for joining me it's always such a pleasure to hang out with you today i tried i almost did 30 minutes they were 37 <laughs> ah, see you then i will continue to teach you some more stuff of the things that have helped me arrive where i am and continue to grow where i am and it's a it's a daily decision to take responsibility for your life bye